Good morning, everyone. It's Sunday morning, and God has given me really just awesome sermon. It's going to be a lot of reading, a lot of reading, but there's just no way around it. The, the scripture that God gave me and the message that he gave me required a lot of reading. So we're just going to jump into this right after our prayer. But first, we're going to be predominantly in Luke today. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. Luke 24, verse 2 through 11. And John chapter 20, verse 18 through 31. To, to repeat myself, Luke 16, 19 to 31, Luke 24, 2 through 11, and John 20, 18 to 31. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us together today. Lord, please put the words in my mouth that I need to speak and let your spirit flow through me, Lord, and let everything that I say be that which you want me to say. Let everything that I do be that which you want me to do, Lord. And let everyone that hears these words that you give me to speak, let every single person that hears and sees this sermon receive the message that you want them to be given. Open their hearts to receive you, Lord. Open all of our hearts to receive you in every way that you move. Father, I thank you for bringing us here together today. For giving us your Holy Spirit freely. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the even the fact that we get to revel in your glory. And love you and be loved by you. So Lord, please just let this sermon be that which you want it to be. We love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Starting out, Luke chapter 16. I'm going to read 19 through 31. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. 
Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have, five, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. This is the only place in the entire Bible that Abraham's bosom is mentioned. It's a place in hell that God created for the saints. A place in hell, but separate from hell, where a great chasm is, and neither one can pass to the other. It's a place like unto heaven, but God isn't there. Because this is long before Jesus walked the earth. Long before. Only through Jesus can we receive heaven, because we are no longer bound by our sin. So this place was created for those that are still bound in the flesh to their sin, but died in good favor with God as righteous men and women. So Lazarus went to the good side of hell, Abraham's bosom, and the rich man to the bad side, and he's tormented in the flames. He's burning and hurting. He says, please just, just let Lazarus just dip his finger in cold water to... to to set it down upon my tongue because I am so hurting. And Abraham said, he suffered in life and you didn't. And now you're suffering and he isn't. Plus, so you, you chose the life that you have. And, and the man's like, well, but well, th then please send him to my brothers, my, my family, so they know what awaits them. And Abraham says, well, what does he say? And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one who, who rose from the dead. That's an interesting, amazing statement. Let's move on to Luke chapter 24. We'll see where I'm going with this. Luke chapter 24. I'm reading 2, verse 2 through 11. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. 
and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the leaven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. So, just as Abraham told the rich man, if your brothers, if your family cannot believe the law and prophet, cannot believe Moses, his own writings, everything that he saw and did in the name of the Lord God Almighty and wrote down for every single one for every single person that's read of these words. Telling the rich man, if he cannot, if they cannot believe that, if they cannot believe him, they won't even believe if a man rises from the dead. They won't even believe their own eyes. So, Mary Magdalene and Joanna and many other women, they came to the sepulcher after Jesus' crucifixion, after he was buried. The third day, they came to the sepulcher and the stone was rolled away and they looked in and they saw not Jesus, but they saw two angels that said, why are you looking here? Why are you looking for the dead? Why are you looking for a dead man when there is only life? Jesus has risen. Go and tell the others, Jesus is risen. And He will meet you just as He said. The Son, of man must, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. He told you that He would rise again and you believed Him not. Now believe your own eyes and go tell your brothers. Go tell them what you have seen so they can know and believe that Jesus is risen, that Jesus is Lord, that everything that He said throughout all the time you were with Him, everything that He said is in fact truth. Go tell them now! And they went and told them. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Just as the rich man did not believe. Just as his family members did not believe. Why is it so hard to believe that everything that we are looking upon, that we are seeing and touching and tasting and hearing, everything that we have been given is given of God? Why is it so hard for the heathen to, to believe? Why can they only believe that which they see? And yet, not believe. 
Miracles happen every single day. Things that cannot be explained, even by science. Don't even get me started on science. Science is a big question mark. Miracles are seen every single day that can't even be explained by science. And yet, people cannot believe their own eyes. God reigns. He created all things. He created everything. Everything that exists, He created it. And Jesus was in the beginning with God because Jesus is God. And everything that was created by God was created through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives within each and every believer and flows through everything, moves through everything. God is everywhere, always. He is in control. God is in control. Even through the bad things, God's there. Through the amazingly wonderful things, God's there. God is everywhere, always. And miracles, miracles happen all the time. But seeing isn't believing. Unfortunately, Even with all the apostles saw in Jesus, everything that they saw Him do, all of His teachings, living with Him, knowing Him, loving Him, they still could not allow themselves to believe that He had risen. John chapter 20, verse 18 through 31. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that He had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Jesus appeared with the door shut. He appeared amongst them. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand in his side, I will not believe. So, 10 of the 11 that remained, 10 of the 11 saw Jesus. He appeared amongst them, in the midst of them, with all the doors shut, and it was Jesus. And they, and they themselves saw His hands and His side. They themselves communed with Him. 
They saw him with their own eyes and believed. But Thomas wasn't with them. So when all of them, the ten, the ten apostles, and who knows, there may have been other disciples in the room. The, the women, they may have also been there. They all went and told Thomas, and he could not believe. He said, I can only believe if not only I see, but I also touch. If I can also feel and, and see, and, and only then can I believe. Seeing is not believing for some. Actually, seeing is not believing for more. Because he himself said, not only do I have to see, I have to, I have to see the nail, I have to touch the nail spots, I have to touch the hole in the side, you know, just to make sure. And then only then will I believe. And that's why at the end of days, at judgment, more will perish than will be saved. More will go into judgment, into the lake of fire, than will receive eternal life with God Almighty. Verse 26, And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus to the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God! <laughs> he had to not only see, but he had to touch with his own hands to believe that Jesus had risen. It's not funny. It's sad. There are so many that exist today that even if Jesus appeared right at this moment before them, they would not believe. They would chalk it up. They would give some excuse as to what it was. Even if they touched Jesus with their own hands, they would not believe. Thomas, the women, they believed at sight. The disciples, they couldn't hear from the women and believe. They had to believe at sight too. But Thomas, he couldn't believe just at sight. He also had to touch. How many more exist now that even touching and seeing isn't enough? Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Every word written in the Word of God is that you and I may believe and have eternal life with God Almighty. Through Jesus, the Son of God, 
fully man and fully God, filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit living within us. Every word is written. Every word is printed that we can believe. If you cannot believe that these words that are written are by God, inspired by God, God moving through a man and written by His hand, if you cannot believe that, then you won't be able to believe your own eyes. You won't even be able to believe if you touch. If you touch the Messiah. Oh, He's coming back. He's coming back. His second coming, the Jews will recognize as His first. Of course, once they realize that it is in fact the second, there's going to be a little bit of hurt feelings, I imagine. A lot of missed blessings once they realize how many blessings they have missed because they could not embrace Jesus the first time around. But they will embrace Him the second time. The Jews, the chosen, the original chosen of God will be redeemed. And all, all of us who were once Gentiles, we who believe and have believed, and not just believe, but serve God, serve Jesus, follow Him, denying ourselves, picking up our crosses, daily following Him, we have been redeemed. So on that second coming, we are going to see Jesus coming and we're going to know it. We're going to know it's Him because we've been expecting Him all this time. But there are many. There are many that will see His coming and they will not believe. There are many because He will walk throughout the land. He will walk throughout the land after He locks Satan up for a time, gets rid of the beast and the prophet, destroys their, their first army, he will walk with his new disciples and many will see him and yet not believe. Many will be in his very presence and yet not believe. In fact, we talked about this in Bible study a couple of days ago. When Satan is released from the pit, he will gather an army that can't be counted to rise up against the saints of God. This is after a thousand years of Jesus reigning with us, you and me. Believers and followers, disciples of Jesus. After a thousand years of no Satan, he will come out of the pit and gather an army that cannot be numbered against Jesus. Seeing is not believing. For many, hearing is not believing. Touching is not believing. I'm going to go on a limb and say, smelling and tasting isn't either. So you and me, fellow believer, we need to be praying for all the non-believers. We need to be praying and we need to be doing God's work. We need to be speaking the Word of God. And we need to be sharing it to every single person we can. We need to be praying that God allows them to receive it because we can lead that 
horse to water, but only God can make them drink from that living water. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to receive this sermon that I've delivered, Lord. Thank you for speaking through me. Thank you for your perfect and wonderful love, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him to save us from this corrupted and fallen world. Thank you for sending him to save us from death and eternal damnation. Lord, I pray that we go from here and we open our hearts, every one of us that believe, to every non-believer and help them plant that seed that you can give the increase. Plant that seed that they will come to know you, believe in you, and be redeemed through the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary. And they will take part in the resurrection. Reborn in the Spirit unto eternal life in heaven. Lord, thank you so much for placing me here at this moment in time. For calling me and allowing me to deliver this message. Father, I pray that everyone that hears this and has heard it receives you and receives it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I ask and pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless every one of you.